Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode. I'm sharing with you on the subject of the Trinity. Is the Trinity in the Bible? You know, there are a lot of um, things that, that, that people will refer to. They, they say things like the Trinity isn't real because the word Trinity isn't used in the Bible. You'll hear people say that about the rapture, even though you do find the word rapture in the original text of the Bible. And you'll hear people talk about, um, you know, just because the Bible didn't specifically say, um, because cigarettes didn't exist then, you know, that that you shouldn't smoke cigarettes, even though, you know, there are general principles in the Bible that... uh, guide us in those situations, and in the situation of the Trinity, there's not only general principles in the Bible, the Trinity is literally found throughout the Bible. Not the word, but the concept of Trinity is everywhere throughout Scripture. In fact, it's not really possible to have a a solid biblical understanding of God outside of Trinitarian thought. And we'll be able to, to understand that as we move further along in the lesson. But the, the, the most important thing that I would want everyone to understand is that as believers, we believe in divine revelation. We learn about God because God, being relational, chose to reveal himself. And though God is revealed throughout the world and revealed in nature, the primary means through which God reveals himself is through divine scripture, through the Holy Bible. Scripture is the reason why Christ followers believe that God is triune. Trinity, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the concept and Trinitarian thought is woven all through Scripture because it's the the best way that we can actually understand who God is. 
So I want to share with you five elements that are repeatedly found throughout the Bible. And these five elements are best understood through the lens of the Trinity. Element number one, there is only one God. Romans chapter 3 verse 30 says, there is only one God. And he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. There's only one God. The best way that we can understand that is through Trinitarian thought. Because we, you'll, you'll see as we look at these other elements, the, the Bible tells us that the Father is God, that Jesus is God, that Holy Spirit is God. But the Bible also says there is only one God. And the only way that you can reconcile those elements is through an understanding of a Trinitarian God. So, element number two, the Father is God. John 6, verse 27. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. God the Father. How do you reconcile there's only one God, that the Father is God, and then number three, Jesus is God? In John chapter 20, verse 28, Thomas exclaimed, speaking to Jesus, he said, my Lord and my God. Romans chapter 9, verse 5. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned, and he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. God is one. The Father is God. Jesus is God. And number four, Holy Spirit is God. In Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. After selling it, if the money was also yours to give away, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this You weren't lying to us, but to God. So Peter says, you lied to the Holy Spirit, and then he says, you weren't lying to us, but to God. So God is one. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And the last element, the fifth element, is these three are distinct persons. In John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, we know that advocate is a term used for the Holy Spirit. So, I'll ask the Father, 
He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. In case it wasn't clear, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So Jesus is speaking and he's saying, I'll ask the Father who give you an advocate. He's the Holy Spirit. These are three distinct persons who are one God. God who subsists in three persons. Now, here's a verse, a common verse for Christians, that indicates the unity of these three distinct persons in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Remember, we believe in divine revelation and the primary means through which God reveals himself is the Holy Bible, the Word of God. And in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three persons sharing the same name. One of the challenges that people have with the concept of the Trinity is it's supernatural. It's otherworldly. It doesn't compute well in the natural human mind. We tend to try to reduce God down to things that we can understand and we can comprehend. But we serve a God who's so much more and so much greater than our human capabilities. And this is where, you know, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, and it becomes a real stumbling block for a lot of professing Christians. Three persons sharing the same name. And here's another um, thing that, that challenges people. There's a, a, a strong movement in the world today that, that basically wants to believe that all paths lead to ha- heaven, and it doesn't matter uh, what quote-unquote God you serve, um, that somehow uh, it's all the same God. But it's not. The God of Scripture, the Christian God, is different from any other religion. The Trinity flies in the face of Judaism. It flies in the face of Islam. And the reality is, while these three religions trace the roots in in origin back into the Old Testament, the thing that, that truly separates Christianity from either of those or any other religion is this Trinitarian God. And people want to believe that it's the same God in, in all three religions, but it's not. Jews don't put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, neither does Islam. And that usually people that want to argue 
against the Trinity do so from the position that we're all serving the same God. And we're not. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is one, the Father is one, or is the Father is God, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and these three are distinct persons, distinct in personhood, but one in substance. One in being. And this challenges the human mind, and it flies in the face of, you know, modern day, all roads lead to heaven kind of thinking. But the, our God is one. And here's a big question that uh, opponents of a Trinitarian God posed, they say, if God is a Trinity, why do we have to wait until the New Testament to see the Trinity? And I would respond to that question, question from the Word of God itself. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now that that scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the word for God in Hebrew is Elohim, and it's a plural word. So a literal translation of Elohim into English would be God's. In the beginning, God's created the heavens and the earth. But, interestingly, in this sentence, the verb is singular. So we have from the first verse of the Bible that Elohim is plural, but the verse treats it as a singular noun. So from the first verse of the Bible, we see that God in some sense is plural, but in some sense is singular. Plural in terms of persons, but singular in terms of being. Some of the early, um, I don't want to call them scholars, but I guess theologians, people that were trying to synthesize and, and, and give a, a working definition and language and understanding to the, the Trinity, to the fact that Jesus is God, uh, they, they used a word, a Greek word called homoousios, which means of the same substance. That was the word that they used to try to reconcile this Trinitarian God, that Jesus is of the same substance as the Father. Different in person, singular in being. And person's not the same as being. Your being is the quality that makes you what you are. But your person makes you who you are. What I am is a human. Who I am is Dan. 
So God is one being, God, in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So that's the first verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. How about the second verse of the Bible? Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Here it is. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So you have in the second verse of the Bible, the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. And since we, we, we've, we looked at verse 1 and verse 2, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, let us turn to the Gospel of John chapter 1 to see how Jesus fits into this whole equation. The Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can't understand that scripture outside of Trinitarian thought. He was, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. It's talking about Jesus. He's the word that was with God and was God and was in the beginning with God. And the scripture says in verse 3, all things were made through Jesus. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Let me jump down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So you've got the Father and the Spirit and the Son all spoken of in their creation account of the world. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is a creation account. And this is God speaking to someone, saying, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Why would God refer to himself as us? He's pointing out that in some sense, he is plural. And the us that he's speaking to is the Son and the Spirit. Plural in person, singular in being. In the very next verse, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So after emphasizing that he created mankind in his own image, the Bible says he created them male and female. That's not to say that God has genders, but it is to say that there is a plurality 
in his image. Mankind is in one sense singular, one humanity, but in another sense plural, composed of men and women. So if you're, if you're keeping track, that's four indications in the first chapter of the Bible that God is both plural and singular. And the, the Trinity is implicit throughout the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 18, we find Yahweh coming as a man to speak to Abraham, informing him that he's, he, he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then in the next chapter, in Genesis 19, verse 25, the Bible says, Yahweh rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from Yahweh out of the heavens. So Yahweh appears to be both on earth and in the heaven. In the heavens. And the prophet Amos seems to confirm this interpretation. In, in Amos chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says, I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. So here God is referring to God in the third person. I overthrew some of you, God speaking, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like a firebrand plucked from the burning, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. So this scripture makes little sense within the monotheistic framework unless we read the Old Testament through the lens of the Trinity. And the prophet Isaiah gives an example of this passage of scripture. Now, in this passage... It features the deity of all three persons in the Trinity. It's Isaiah chapter 48, verses 12 through 16. Isaiah chapter 48, verses 12 through 16. But in the interest of time, I'm going to just read chapter or verse 12 and 13 and then skip down to 16 because these are the, the verses of significance. The scripture says, Listen to me, O Jacob. And Israel, my called, I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. That's verse 12. Verse 13 says, Indeed my hand has laid the foundation of the earth. And verse 16 says, And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. So here the Alpha and the Omega says that he was sent by the Lord God along with his Spirit. In this passage, God is sent by God and the Spirit of God, and this makes little sense unless we read it through the lens of the Trinity. The one God exists as three persons who selflessly love. Love is the central principle of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's the central principle of God. And out of that love, he created the world, 
And out of that love, he provided a remedy for our sin. That's why Jesus summed up the law the way that he did in Matthew chapter 22. He said in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 37. Well, let me start with verse 36. They said to him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and prophets. God loves us as a perfect father. He wants us to have unbroken fellowship with him. He wants us to rejoice with him and rejoice in him. Because he's a triune God and his very nature is love. What did this perfect God with a perfect love do? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. You can't understand that outside of Trinitarian thought. That whoever would believe on the Son would not perish but have everlasting life. That is, my friends, the Trinity, not just in the Bible, but all through the Bible. In the Gospels, in the first verse of the Bible, in the Prophets, in the epistles, throughout Scripture, every aspect and element of the Holy Bible is permeated with Trinitarian thought. All because of a one God who exists as three persons, who selflessly loves to the point of giving his only son as a sacrifice for your sins and mine. So I ask you today, not do you believe in the Trinity, not do you see the Trinity in Scripture, but what will you do in response to the Trinity? The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would you put your faith, your trust, and your hope today in this triune God of the Bible whose very essence is love? I'm going to offer a simple prayer of salvation. And if you do as the scripture says, if you'll confess with your mouth, you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today and put your faith and trust 
in the God of the Bible who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to pray this prayer right now, and I want you to repeat it out loud after me. And if you repeat this prayer out loud after me, you can have the full assurance of your salvation today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And he rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. Please take a moment and go to my website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. If you'll go there, there's a big red button on the front page of our website that says, I just got saved. Please click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. Number one, you can um, watch some video resources that I prepared for you. And number two, you can fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information in its entirety, I'll make a threefold promise to you. Number one, you'll not show up in any um, email lists. Um, you won't get any solicitations, anything like that. Number two, I'll pray for you by name because I'm going to know who you are. And number three, I'll send you some resources to help you get started in your Christian life. So just go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thanks for hanging in there with me in this episode. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Please uh, tune back in for more upcoming episodes as we'll continue to be releasing those every week. Until then, be blessed in Jesus' name.